The executive, judicial, and legislative bodies make up the three branches of government that the framers of the Constitution contrived for the United States. These three branches were intended to establish a separation of powers, a system of checks and balances. The Constitution clearly outlines the purpose and powers of the legislative, executive, and judicial branches, respectively, in the first three articles. The legislative branch, Congress, consists of the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. Among the powers of the legislative branch include making laws, declaring war, regulating interstate and foreign commerce, and controlling taxing and spending policies. The executive branch consists primarily of the President, the President's Cabinet, and his or her advisors and various departments and agencies. The executive branch is responsible for enforcing the laws of the land. The judicial branch consists of the U.S. Supreme Court and the Federal Judicial Center. According to the Constitution, the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court, and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The Federal Judicial Center is the education and research agency to the federal courts. When we take the time to read through all 17 sections of the first three articles of the Constitution, we really get an idea of why the Founders established the three branches. Without delving too much into the minutiae, the Articles establish the roles and responsibilities of each branch. Some of the more commonly known powers include the House's ability to bring up charges of impeachment of the President, the Senate to vote on that impeachment, and the Supreme Court's responsibility to interpret and make rulings on the laws of the land. Those of us who grew up on Schoolhouse Rock will remember the catchy tune about being just a bill up on Capitol Hill. No, I'm not going to sing it. The House and Senate respectively vote on proposed bills. The Vice President makes the deciding vote in the event of a 50-50 split in the Senate, which the sitting President then signs into law if he or she agrees, or vetoes sending the bill back to make changes or reject it entirely. Congress can then override the presidential veto with a two-thirds majority vote. These are all fairly common examples of the checks and balances that we talk about when we refer to the constitutional establishment of the three branches of government. Simply put, these branches are in place to keep the other branches of government honest, ultimately so that the people of whom the Constitution is established by and for are best served. But have the three branches of government really worked for us? While on paper, it seems like a pretty solid system, in practice it has often appeared to be highly prone to human corruption. Let's take impeachment, for example. In America's history, only three presidents have been impeached, Andrew Johnson, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump. None of them were removed from office. President Nixon, of course, resigned before impeachment could take place. A simple majority of the House must vote to bring articles of impeachment, but a two-thirds supermajority must vote for removal from office in the Senate. Because of this, it's extremely difficult to remove a sitting president. And this is what the framers of the Constitution intended. But the difficulty with which removal takes place doesn't necessarily mean the system of checks and balances is working. It would be one thing if the Senate were to vote purely on the facts of the case. But the reality is that the final vote in the Senate is extremely partisan. So much so, in fact, that in the history of the United States, only one senator, Mitt Romney, in the impeachment hearing of Donald Trump, voted to convict a president of the same political party. Because of this, any president has an extremely small chance of actually being removed from office unless the Senate held a majority of the opposing party by a margin of more than 2 to 1. While it may have been the intention of the framers to make it difficult to remove the president, I'm not sure if they envisioned at the time how extremely partisan the system of government would become, particularly in a two-party system. During the impeachment of Donald Trump, 
the White House instructed several Trump officials to ignore congressional subpoenas to testify in the impeachment proceedings. And while Representative Adam Schiff, the Intelligence Committee chairman, threatened legal action and claimed the absences would be used against Trump in hearings, nothing tangible ever really came out of these. Trump himself never testified. You might recall that in 1999, President Bill Clinton was impeached not for inappropriate sexual conduct, but for lying under oath about his transgressions. One must wonder what would have happened had President Clinton simply ignored his summons. In 2006, Nancy Pelosi briefly flirted with the idea of impeaching President George W. Bush, but there was never enough traction. And although there was speculation that Bush may face trial for war crimes, newly elected President Barack Obama swiftly made clear in 2009 that no such actions would be taken, that instead it was time to move forward and come together as a nation, not create more vitriol and division, noting that we need to look forward as opposed to looking backwards. The members of the Supreme Court are chosen by the sitting president. That is, if Congress will let them. In 2016, 11 months before the general election, President Obama was roadblocked by Mitch McConnell and Senate Republicans from filling the vacated seat by recently deceased Justice Antonin Scalia. McConnell claimed in a presidential election year, the people should have a voice in filling the seat. Obama's nominee, Merrick Garland, never even had a chance to sit before a committee. Instead, the seat was left vacant for Donald Trump who has since filled an astounding three Supreme Court seats, including Amy Coney Barrett for the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away just two months before the general election. It seems the importance of letting an election play out before filling a Supreme Court seat only exists under a Democratic president, at least in Senator McConnell's eyes. Speaking of the Supreme Court, in 2000, a Republican majority court single-handedly elected George W. Bush to the presidency, by stopping the recount efforts in Florida, the pivotal state in deciding the election. The fact that a president chooses the justices, and these justices can directly affect the outcome of an election, seems like a potential conflict of interest in an evolution designed for fairness and transparency. In these examples, we see partisanship, we see political grandstanding, and we see plain old court defiance. Whether it be for political reasons, it seems oftentimes politicians may talk a tough game but when it comes down to it, they don't want to ruffle too many feathers. In just a few weeks, President-elect Joe Biden will take office. I have this nagging fear that one of his first orders of business will be to offer a full pardon on all federal allegations against Trump, out of some ridiculous sense of preserving the integrity of the presidency. I hope I'm wrong about that. I think the idea of three branches of government is a good one. I think the framers had the right idea about them. Okay, maybe not some of the details, like black slaves representing only three-fifths of a person when it comes to the House of Representatives. But the concept for the three branches is a good one. However, any concept is only as good as the people enforcing them, or not enforcing them. When partisanship can affect the outcome of something, when objectivity turns into subjectivity, the system becomes a victim to its own inherent flaws. The system is good, but the people running it can't be trusted to implement it, so where does that leave us? All I can say is, we have elections for a reason. Make your representatives and senators earn your vote. The establishment hasn't been taking care of us. They take you for granted. Perhaps we can change that.